Jewish Money Matters episode 323 special Lagba Omer episode. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Today's a special day. It's Lakba Omer. So I'm bringing you a special episode. We're actually going a little bit Kabbalistic today. <laughs> I hope that's okay. No, no, no. It is okay because, as you know, we're all about the profound and the practical. So this this does get practical. I mean, it's it's a little Kabbalistic, but we're always we're always practical around here. I mean, it is called Judaism, right? Profound and practical at the same time. Okay, but yeah, we're going a little trippy, and I'm going beyond money per se, but I still know that you're going to like this. And so this is what our, our topic today, okay? This is what we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about whether Lakba Omer, the day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's passing today, is it his passing or is it his wedding day? And you're soon going to see why this is the question that I'm asking and what it means, what we can learn from the, I guess, the solution or the resolution to the question. But how we're going to do it is first, we're going to start with a story because we like stories. I like stories. So this story is a story of a simple farmer. The simple farmer was married to a delicate princess and he brought her to live with him on his farm. And he was a nice man and he treated her respectfully. Um, he taught his new bride how to milk the cows, how to feed the mules and all the other pleasantries of farm life. Soon enough, though, the farmer noticed that his wife was miserable. I'll say a disclaimer here. I'm not the princess here in the story. And, you know, she's not related to me, but I can totally relate with her struggle because farm life would definitely not, not be for me. <laughs> but okay, back to the guy, to his credit, he really tried. He was a nice farmer. He would shower her with gifts. For example, one day he shows up from the field and he tells her, my dear wife, today I've brought you the most beautiful tomatoes that will put a huge smile on your face. No smile. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have thrown the tomatoes at the guy. Anyway, the next day he brought her the most beautiful cucumbers. No smile either. When he surprised her with a variety of colorful potatoes to delight my princess, she burst out in uncontrollable sobs. <laughs> so the, final, the, the farmer finally swallowed his ego and he consulted his father-in-law, the king. He says, I'm trying so hard to satisfy your daughter, but to no avail. She's miserable. What am I to do? And here I'm going to take a pause on the story and go back to the beginning of this episode where I said that, yes, today is Lakba Omer the holiday marking the passing of the great Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who authored the foundational work of Kabbalah, the Zohar, which heralded a new era in the development of Jewish mysticism. See, I told you we're getting Kabbalistic today. Well, curiously, many Jewish works refer to this day as the Hilula, the Rashbi, the wedding anniversary of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Did you get this? We have the passing and we have the wedding. So which one is it? Is Lagba Omer the day of Rashbi's passing? or his wedding day. Let's see. And let's look at what a Talmud says. There's a Talmud in Eruvin 54a that records the sage Shmuel saying to his student Rabbi Yehuda, sharp one, grab and eat, grab and drink. The world that we're passing through is like a wedding feast. Now, what in the world is going on here? 
are these like Talmudic gluttons? A, 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 a wedding? What, what's happening? So Rashi, the Torah commentator, Rashi, 11th century Torah commentator, I'm sure you're familiar with Rashi, explains this Talmudic passage to mean that Rabbi Shmuel was warning his student, Rabbi Yehuda, not to wait to spend his money since there is no assurance that he will be alive tomorrow to enjoy it. And then Rashi concludes his explanation by saying, life is similar to a wedding which passes by swiftly. Now, I'm no sage, as you all know, (laughs) I'm just a podcast host around here, but I can think of many other experiences than a wedding to describe the fleeting nature of life, which is what Rashi is communicating here. Life is similar to a wedding, which passes by swiftly. I don't know, a sun shower, cold lemonade on a hot summer's day, the blink of an eye, a wedding. (laughs) So I don't know, I, I might be a little bit like the princes in the farm, but I'm just not satisfied. Now let's go back to the prince, uh, the farmer and his princess and see how the, the story helps us with the question at hand. And of course, with the Talmudic gluttons and Rashi's commentary, I promise it'll all tie together somehow. So, okay, so you know by now that the farmer in our story, he goes to his father-in-law, the king, he's seeking advice and the king tells him, look, you're a fine and sincere young man, but you must understand your wife, the princess grew up as royalty farm life just doesn't speak to her. You can't offer her what she needs because you have no concept of what that is or even that it exists. Makes an interesting marriage, doesn't it? Okay, how do we resolve this? Well, there is a marriage like that, actually, which we've all experienced. The marriage of body and soul. Did you ever think of that? Like those spouses in the story, the farmer and the princess, these two essentially different beings move in together for life, right? The body is physical and concrete, like the simple farmer. And the soul is spiritual and sublime, like her royal highness, the princess. He seeks material pleasure, she seeks transcendence. His sole objective is to feed his physical cravings, and her greatest aspiration is to become one with God. Now, ladies, I'm not going to get into which one your husband is. (laughs) We're just going to stick to the farmer and the princess analogy. (laughs) So let's continue. So the body, like the peasant farmer, offers the soul villas and condos and condos and success and power and many, many material treasures like, you know, the exquisite potatoes and tomatoes. And, you know, there's some of us who unfortunately deem ourselves as peasants we behave like that we feed ourselves accordingly right like and and at some we're just feeding ourselves all these things and at some point though we might realize that however much we have is never enough these quote-unquote delights can be everything the peasant has ever dreamed of tomatoes potatoes and cucumbers yet they're still not enough they're not enough because in this marriage they will never satisfy a princess who has been raised in the on the finer, finer things in life. Like the peasant, our bodies are nice and polite. They mean well and they try hard, right? Meanwhile, our soul is in angst as the body tries to cheer her up. Wait till you see what's for breakfast, right? The body takes the soul in a smorgasbord of expensive cruises and exotic sushi and designer clothes and blinging diamonds. But alas, she still feels a void, the void of a soul yearning for something more, for a life of transcendence, for a life beyond this physical body. Moreover, let's also realize that when the soul enters into a body for this lifelong marriage, its self-expression becomes severely limited. 
I'm sure I don't have to tell you this. She now is living with a partner who doesn't speak her language. And unlike a regular marriage where the wife can escape from her husband. <laughs> I mean, that sounds that that doesn't sound great. But you know what I mean? Like she can take a break, right? She can escape from her husband for a few hours of quote unquote self-care. The soul can't ever leave and take a break. She remains confined within the body 24-7. So here's the lesson. A marriage, I'm sure you'll know, in a sense is restrictive. It's restrictive in nature. What, what do I mean by that? It demands compromise and limiting ourselves so that we can create space for the other, right? And paradoxically, marriage is also an experience of transcendence. So it's restrictive in nature, but it also allows us to transcend because only through the union can one create a life that lives beyond us. Transcendence. I promise I'm going to get back to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So stay with me, okay? So think about our ancestors and their creations, businesses and bank accounts and shops and towns and cities. They may long be gone, but we are here because of one thing, and that is that they had offspring. And so it is with our children. They will outlive us and their children will outlive them. Children are parents linked to eternity. Not all these other assets, right? Children are the parents linked to eternity. So transcendence. Now, the paradox of marriage is that despite the limiting nature of marriage, the union itself through the offspring elevates these two individuals to infinite heights. Similarly, only through the restrictive experience of marrying the body, the soul is trapped there in there, right? 24-7, like we said. Only through that restrictive experience can the soul reach heights it never could have reached had it remained single, quote unquote, single in heaven. Only body and soul united can fulfill God's mitzvahs, the eternal offspring of body and soul. So now we can understand that Rashbi's passing is indeed his wedding, because through the Zohar, the Kabbalistic work, Rashbi revealed to us that the seemingly restrictive parameters of Jewish law, right? All those do's and don'ts, halacha, those seemingly restrictive parameters are really portals, are really gates for us, body and soul, to touch infinity. And now we can also see what Rabbi Yehuda, not Rabbi Yehuda, sorry, but what Rabbi Shmuel meant in the Talmud. Grab and eat, grab and drink. The world that we're passing through is like a wedding feast, meaning seize the day for every opportunity you have to do a mitzvah is like your wedding day, the gateway to transcend the finite and to turn the simpleton into a prince. So how do you like that? <laughs> and you know what's a very effective way to transcend the finite and to turn that simple farmer into a prince? Give charity. <laughs> Which it is customary to um, to give charity in multiples of 18 today. So let me just tell you, go at it. Go for it. I'm sure you have plenty of people in your world where you can stretch yourself and share from what you've been blessed with. And while I'm on the topic of tzedakah, uh, I want to give a huge shout out to all of you who've joined Daily Giving. I mean, I, I knew my audience is special. I knew that. But the outpour of signups saying you've learned about daily giving from this show or from, you know, you put Jewish Money Matters, you put Yale Trust, you put either one. Um, 
and of the emails also that you where you've notified me that you've joined to be a daily giver it's been really it's really been emotional and really inspiring and I, I I of course thank daily giving again for the work that they do and for being kind enough to share with me the fact that my listeners are signing up to daily giving uh, it's been really quite beautiful and like I said emotional to see some of you have even signed up to be givers five dollars a day um and so again congratulations and may we continue to do a lot of good if you didn't catch that episode it's pretty recent it's episode 321 and I think it's a must listen I think you'll enjoy and maybe you'll also be inspired to become a daily giver and join me and uh a ton of other listeners who are who embarked on this journey. And finally, I want to share that I did tell you, uh, I think it was a week ago, a while ago, maybe a week or two ago, I told you that I would share with you some of my best strategies for career and financial success. You see, we get practical around here. And trust me, there's definitely a lot of death in these. So again, profound and practical. So leaving these for you at yaeltrush.com forward slash strategies. Go over there and grab them. Enjoy them. I'm going to be sending you one a day for the next five days. Maybe it's six days. I can't wait to hear what's your favorite one, <laughs> which one you're going to be focusing on. And you know, I love accountability, don't you? So hit me up via email and let's chat about those strategies. They're ready for you at yelltrush.com forward slash strategies. Have a happy life, Omer, and keep shining your light brightly. Brightly.